This is Carrie Steller within the Girls' Corner. I am here with my friend, Gabby, G-Daddy Golfin. Gabby, how are you today? I'm all right. Yourself? Very good. This is round two for us. <laughs> round two, take two. <laughs> yes, yes. Take two. So, all right. Let's get back to everything. Gabby's an MMA fighter professionally. She's awesome. I've known you for quite a few years now and uh, your fight career has been great. I've seen you as an amateur and grow into a professional with COVID and everything that's gone on in the last two years. I saw that you've had, you know, you had some time off and then you had a couple of fights and you just had a really big win for CES, which is amazing. So let's get into that and then we'll get into everything else. Oh, for sure. Um, getting into on the scale of COVID, it was rough, like everyone um, will tell you, but there was a silver lining to it and where I got a chance to self-reflect and reassess myself. Um, got to reassess who I had in my life too, and uh, it was nice. I uh, was coming off a three loss streak and I had to break that because I was going through a lot of mental and personal issues I'm kind of grateful for COVID because I found my ideal corner now, which I am elated about. That's amazing. You had a fantastic fight. You won by split decision. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you've gotten with different training partners and you had trained at different gyms when we first met. How, how was it transitioning? Did COVID play a part in that or was it just something that you naturally needed to do? It was a mix. Uh, definitely COVID played a part in that. So it gave me a moment to kind of detach from all the gyms I was affiliated with, reassess what worked for me, what didn't, what kind of personalities worked with mine, which didn't, uh, realign myself with people who had the same morals and standards. And I found that. And, um, one of my MMA coaches, Andrew Calandrelli is actually, he's actually been my friend since 2015, at least in, uh, he's one of the uh, affiliates from Marcelo Garcia in Connecticut. And it's amazing that we reconnected in the way that we did. Because he even went, yeah, if you were working with your coach, we would have had a problem. So it was meant to be. <laughs> I think everything does happen for a reason. And I mean, the, yeah, the last two years, you know, a lot of people, it was very rough for, but there were a ton of silver linings, which has been really nice to hear them from a lot of people because of all the horror stories that you heard and, you know, still going on to hear that is, is really, really nice. And, um, what was that like training through everything and getting, you know, a, an assemblance of life back when we were, you know, cut from it for a while? Rough. You had to see, um, which people were around that you could do your own little training regimens with. There were people where I was going to their apartments and they were putting down mats in their apartments. So we were doing or gyms that were um, open way out in the boondocks going out there and um, under the closed gym thing, just rolling underneath and acting like, Oh, this gym is shut down. There's nothing here. Yeah. So things like that. And you were out in long Island. So how did you guys manage over there? 
Uh, you know, it was similar for a while. People were afraid to, you know, open up their gym or to say that they were open even to a little extent, which was just a detriment to society. They should have opened up all gyms. Um, and in that manner, when they weren't, we were just training in the backyard, uh, on the beach, anywhere we could really. And then we ended up getting a studio, which was awesome because it's an essential building. So, uh, we were able to be open all the time anyway, which is great. And if they ever do anything again, it's still an essential building, so we can still be open. But, you know, it wasn't as bad and it's still not as bad out here uh, as it is in the city as far as, um, I guess, regulations, you want to call it, with the whole, you know, vaccine passports. Um, they're not really doing that out here. I, they are and they're not. I know it has to, certain jobs are, um but it's not, I, I'm not, I don't see as much masks out here. Um, people don't really wear them a lot out here. Uh, people are pretty open and free. It's why it's a weird, it's very weird seeing the differences. Cause I was out in Queens the other day and seeing like everybody masked up. I was like, wow, it's so different. <laughs> it's not that bad. I think it depends where you go. Cause if you go into certain groups of people, they're masked down and it's really cool. I think it's pretty mixed right now in the city because people, there's such a mass amount of people in New York city. So you're not sure. So you have the people that are still fearful that something's going to happen, especially with the Delta variant out now. Yeah. And then you have other people where it's like, fuck it. If this thing hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I was, I was a drug addict for 13 years and I laughed. I said, you know, I mean, I, I, not at other people, but for me, I'm like, if I didn't get taken out by all the stuff I did and everything that came along with it, not just the drugs and the drinking, everything, the accidents, you name it. I'm like, I'll, I'll be good on this. I was sleeping under pool tables for a long time, but I mean, you know, apart from that, I do, uh, I have O positive blood. And in the beginning, they were talking about blood types that happened to do really well with it. And O positive people were some of the people that recovered uh, extremely well from COVID. I might've had it at one point, my whole family tested positive. I didn't test, po I didn't test at all for it. I just quarantined and assumed that I had it and did like the 12, 14 day thing, whatever it was last Christmas. Um, so it, you know, in that respect for, for me, it's the, the immunity, which thank God, you know, I think they have like the antibody thing, which is, you know, they're saying that's supposed to be really good for you. So let's hope. <laughs> But you never know. It's kind of like with all these health nut cravings with the news. For example, let's take coffee. Coffee's good for you. No, coffee's bad for you. Yes. No, this will give you cancer. No, that will give you cancer. I was like, just saying that. I was just saying that to someone the other day. I'm like, things change dramatically second to second, minute to minute. You know, eggs, parts of it are good, parts of it are bad. Now the whole thing's good for you. It's like, they don't know. So yeah, mm -hmm. things do dramatically change so often that it's like, it's hard to keep up. I, I mean, at this point, I, I've said to people, if you're, you know, if you're nervous, wear the mask, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated, you know, and people that want to, the world should change in the way that if people are sick and want to stay home, we should have some kind of adaptation for those people. Cause there are people that are immune compromised that could get sick from anything that anything could get them really, you know, in the hospital and dying. So it's like, why shouldn't we take care of those people as a society? Yeah. Everybody matters and counts. You know, if someone's sick, 
instead of, you know, them going, well, I have to show up to work because I don't have any sick time or, you know, I don't have any personal time to take off. So now I got to go in and other people get sick. And this had been going on for years. That was one of my biggest complaints at work was people come in sick and I don't want to get sick from them. So I used to get really, really mad at that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it took me till this to realize it's a societal problem that we don't take care of each other. And that, you know, they, we've been, I guess, indoctrinated in the work aspect that if you don't have time off and you don't have, you know, personal time and sick time, you know, that you do have to go in and, and that's, people should just automatically get sick time for that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It reminds me of, I'm not going to quote it perfectly, but I believe it was a Dalai Lama saying <laughs> where man works to make money and loses his health in the process. And then he spends that money to retain the health. And before you know it, he's dead. It's, it, I mean, that's no truer saying. And it's, it's, if that doesn't show what's going on right now, and I think it would make people better people in general too, because you would want to take care of your fellow man, uh, your neighbor, whatever, because you, that could be you one day, or it will be, you know, everybody gets sick. So it's like, well, wouldn't you want somebody to take up for you and help you? I, when, when the whole thing started and things shut down, I went out and helped uh, my friends that are elderly and would go and get them uh, food from the supermarket. Cause I wasn't afraid. So I was like, I'll just go and pick you guys up food. I don't mind. Um, and I was shopping for myself. So I would, you know, go and deliver food and, you know, I, I do hair on the side. So I would deliver color to people that were afraid to live, leave their house. So I adapted in those ways and it was, it felt good to do that. Yeah. And you give people that sense of security where you're not afraid. And it's like, Hey, I'm going to put myself out there to serve other people. And who doesn't like their own personal hairstylist? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice thing. That, that's a sweet gig to be able to do hair in that personal way. And it's like, all right, what would you like today? How are we going to make this con? Cause a lot of times, even people that like going to the salons and a salon has a cool vibe. There's still a thing of like the person feels, well, I'm in an outside environment. And if I don't like it, but if they're in their own home, you come to them. It's like, ah, this is my house. It's Mm. true. And I've never had anybody complain. When I stopped working in salons, I got more clients doing it, going to people's houses or having them come to mine than I would have ever expected. I really had like this huge fear um, and it was actually because of uh, uh, my bipolar that I ended up leaving the salons because I just don't do well with being in that kind of environment where I am, I have to work more, not make any more money, but like mm-hmm. they want you to do more clients and it's not like I'm getting any commission off of it, right? So I'm working and working and working and slaving myself in that respect where I'm doing back-to-back people. And then my clients are suffering because I got to put them with the assistant to get their hair blown out, but they're paying all that money to come to me. So it's this whole rat race in a salon where you don't make that much money because you're constantly giving it to the owner and they're not giving you any incentives to work any harder. So I just got really fed up. And plus I had my shoulder injuries. So it was a time for me to quit. Uh, and leave the industry itself. But I still like, I, you know, reading stuff all the time. I do classes online all the time. So I, you know, anything that new that comes out, I learn about it. Mm. You have to, but I do. I love doing it at home, especially for kids with special needs. They don't yeah. do salons and barbershops. So it's great to be able to do them in their own house. I can understand that. It's, it's tough. I mean, you, you're told as a child not to talk to strangers, stay away from sharp things, don't touch this, don't do that. And then you have this stranger coming at you with this loud machine and these sharp 
fingers and, you know, this hot curling iron. And I, you know, I could imagine why kids would be freaked out by it. Right. Especially it's like, all right, they're telling me I have to sit down in this chair. Yeah. And she's like, what fresh hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, like I could come to their house and they could sit either in front of the TV. I've, I cut a kid's hair under the kitchen table once because he wanted to sit there. I was like, all right, this is huh. what I'm doing it. That must have been an adventure. It was. His mom was like, dude, she took pictures. She's like, that's the cutest picture I've ever taken. <laughs> like, well, it doesn't bother me. If they want me to get on the floor, I don't care. It doesn't, doesn't right. matter to me where I'm cutting it as long as it comes out and they're fine, you know, because it shouldn't be a traumatic experience. And, you know, I, I have so many clients with kids that do have special needs. So I tell them, you know, great things for them to do, put them in martial arts. And they're like, really? And I'm like, oh, yeah. The, the textures of the mats and, you know, everything that's in there and the constant um, stimulation, it's not going to be a bad thing for them. And they're going to learn teamwork. And, you know, because there's a lot of things that I think with kids that have autism, special needs and spectrum children, whatever, even kids with like bipolar and mental illness, which I do think a lot of them are in the same uh, grouping that maybe if things were looked at a little differently, people would flourish. Right. So they, they, when you're, uh, I guess when you're pregnant and somebody has, you know, gets told their kid's going to have autism or be, you know, whatever, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they give you choices and it's when you think about it, Einstein was, it didn't he have Asperger's and he couldn't tie his shoes. Mm. So the ones, one of the most brilliant minds in the world could have been told, well, you know, that might be a throwaway, you know what? And it's a harsh term to say it, but that's how they treat get where you're coming from. And supposedly he failed the third grade and, and honestly with the most brilliant. Yeah. I mean, some of the most amazing talented people have been deaf, dumb and blind. So it's like to, mm-hmm. to say those people aren't worth being in society or are a problem because of that. I just kind of think if we nurtured those people and, and, that might be a superpower. You know, there might be a reason why we've been stuck like here instead of evolving in those respects. They, they really do the way they treat kids and people in that way. Oh, there's so much better that we could do. And I mean, I literally can't, can't enough tell people uh, martial arts, martial arts, martial arts, martial arts. Like, you know, I tell people it needs to be put into schools, uh, especially now with the, you know, parents wanting to pull their kids out of schools. Yeah, a unique opportunity for fighters, MMA fighters to uh, start teaching gym classes and stuff, so to speak. Yeah, you definitely need someone that's in the um, movement community to initiate. uh, Oh, this is a good thing and I can be happy doing this. And, And it's funny with the whole thing of rejecting certain people that are different because society tries to get us to fit into this little box and people that are weird, the freaks, the people that would be considered, <laughs> I know, that would be considered. We're those people, I'm sure. Yeah, but who isn't? Yes, Realistically, exactly. who isn't? The yeah. more sane and cute and nice and sweet someone is, and they seem so normal, you should have in the back of your brain, oh shit, I might have to run from this person because that is the person that hides their bodies in her closet. Let me tell you, those are the people that I always say, like, they freak me out. People that yes, are too nice, I'm like, you got bodies in the basement <laughs> and you got plans for them. Absolutely. And, and also doing the same thing, doing the same thing, because we are afraid to be different and we're afraid to be rejected. Absolutely. 
total human thing. It takes the people that are willing to challenge that, that are called crazy, undermined, delusional to break the mold. Otherwise it's not moving. Something different has to happen to shift things around. Otherwise you're going to be repeating the same thing. And as defined as by Einstein, doing the same thing over and over again, especially if it doesn't work, is the definition of insanity. insanity. Yeah, absolutely. And now I, I can say just from processing everything you said, and it's funny because I love like really sitting back and hearing people that it, to me is the greatest um what's the word I'm looking for? I can compare that to a fight. You know, it's constant movement. It's constant change. Um, there's the, the way with MMA and the constant learning, um, and how things are evolving. Look at the game, how much it's evolved in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, you oh, know, okay. it's even from the first UFC is the rules changing all that stuff, the constant evolution of it. Um, it's, it is so much like life in that respect. You know what I mean? And, and, and where the craziness of it that most people would say, well, you got to be pretty, pretty crazy to get in there. And well, you know what? Sometimes you got to be pretty crazy to like put your hands down and just go, I'm going to take it too. You know what I mean? So it's like, which is worse? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think honestly, you, you probably agree with me on this one. Everybody needs to get punched in the face at least once. 420%. There are people out there, I, I, I kid you not, that honestly believe if they get punched in the face, they'll die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's and not that, that just, bad. It's so sad. It's not that bad. Like, I tell people, it's really getting it's in the face is really not the worst thing in the world. And if you get it done once, you'll find that really fast. And you might end up blocking the next time so it doesn't happen again. You know what I mean? And people are really afraid of that because they look at me, they're like, wait, you trained, did you see you do Muay Thai? I'm like, oh yeah, no, I started doing kickboxing when I was younger, younger. And then recently to get back into shape, I started training again. And, you know, people are like, but you're 42. I'm like, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It takes me a little longer to recover, but who cares? I mean, that's like, it takes me a little longer to recover from going out for a night. Like, <laughs> and I don't even drink you know but I don't feel social stimulus too from going out yeah and I don't feel 42 from training I don't feel it at all like when I'm there doing jujitsu I don't feel my body doesn't feel 42 I'm like wow actually the least pain I'm ever in is when I'm doing jujitsu oddly enough hmm yeah and jujitsu is known as the one where you get up and it's like oh oh when I get up, I might be in a little pain but while I'm doing it. Like the hip pain that I have from just playing pool. I do pool two or three times a week. Sometimes even from just walking on the floor, cause I have the hip tears from the accident and I got in that I refuse to get fixed, especially after my shoulders not happening. Uh, I will walk through that pain for the rest of my life and just do other things to combat it. Um, playing pool sometimes is way worse than even training like lifting lifting and conditioning myself has helped so much but jujitsu for some reason maybe it's because you know rolling on the floor I don't know but I don't get the pain that I did once in a while my shoulder especially if like you know you catch me in a triangle my arm stretched the wrong way but you know other than that weird Hmm. it's weird yeah. Maybe it's because of the fluidity because you're constantly. Yeah. And, and jujitsu is just a physical puzzle. I love it. I it's fucking love it. 
I absolutely love it. And it's so funny because like when we're training something the other day, we're training with my, my friend Grace and she just started it like a month ago. And she's hmm. like, it seems like so many, so many moves to get there. And I'm like, I, I, I know because I remember when we first did that. I'm like, but the second you put it all together, it's almost not. It'll turn into like one fluid motion. And then when she got it, she was like, oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> you feel it too. And then you come up with your own way to get there. Yes. Depending on your body type, your style of movement, your reaction, and your jujitsu essentially becomes you. It takes on your personality. Yeah. Like, for I, example, mine's very aggressive. <laughs> it's very aggressive. It's very constrictive. You're scrapping. Fast. And you're then scrapping. I'll automatically explode. So yeah. I and love I'm, it. I, you know, and it's so funny because I'm so new to it. So it's like, I don't know what my style would be, but from what my coach says, I'm extremely scrappy. He was like, oh, no, you'll love that movie. Very scrappy. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can see you being a great scrambler. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very like my legs are very lengthy. So he's like, it's like, he's like, crap, you're like grappling an eel. He's like, you're all, he's like, it's so fun. He's like, you're hard to hold on to. Well, thanks. I'll try. <laughs> no, that's good to be squirmy, but squirmy efficiently. Yes. Cause the flail yes. squirmy one. And I know, you know what I'm talking about? Cause if you can, and you don't know how to efficiently do it, then you just end up in a worse position than you were in the first place, which that was, oh, you're going to wind up hurting yourself. Absolutely. It's so funny. You can do it with triangles. It's oh, they're, they're probably my favorite right now because my legs mm-hmm. are long and I could get them up really fast. So that's probably one of my favorite things to do at the moment. Noted. At the moment, do you do you have you done any jujitsu um, competitions or anything since COVID? Because I know there was a lot of them before anything that kind of came back first. I've done a couple. Yeah what I started with. And then it's like, I need to get back into the cage because I love punching people. And, you know, call me a masochist. I, I do have a streak of it. I love somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing to try and kill me with their fist I love their it. elbows and their knees. And there's just like such an excitement of being put in that danger that I'm like, yeah, bring it. <laughs> and I miss that. I miss being happy to fight. This last fight was the first one where I was finally happy to fight. And I was missing that for so long. It's been almost a three-year spiral of total shit. So, Isn't that crazy how like when, when you are there and you have that happiness, but you lose it at some point and you get it back, it's like, oh, that's what it was. That's what was missing. That's what the thing, you know, that kept me from, you know, whatever, elevating, winning anything. It could, you know, cause it's not just about winning. You can like, I, you're your own best critic. So every time you have a performance, you're always criticizing your performance and which is good. Cause you want to, you know, see if you have, need improvements and where you need them and recognize it. But um, it's, it's funny because, you know, to watch you critical and, and even have a great performance. I'm like, Stop, stop being so critical, but I totally get it. And I mean, else, yeah, yeah. And coming from an outside perspective, I'm like, well, stop, you know, like you don't see it how we see it, but you see it from your internal. So, and that's good. Well, my fight like 50 million times this past one already. And I already know exactly which points that I've been trying to work on. That's if I can find an opponent for November 6th, what I want. Well, I mean, there's so many, I know uh, Bellator has something in November as well. Mm. I just heard that it's in Florida. Oh, that, that might be hard. Cause I'm, I am low on funds right now. So road trip, we'll take a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. I'd be down. We'll get you a road trip down there. I'll come with you. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Now you've been, you did it. You had fought at 115 for a while. Now you're yeah. fighting at 125, correct? Right. My whole pro career, all my fights have been at 125. And how are you feeling fighting closer to your walk around weight? I'm Much hearing better. a lot of that more often than not now. Much better. I would rather be the smaller, quote, smaller fighter and be cognitively sound mm. than go down to a lower weight and be a nutbag that yeah. can't get it together, having breakdowns in the corner, because we all know the fighter that from an intense weight cut, even if they win the fight, they're in the corner bawling like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you want to get in there and enjoy it too. You don't want to get in there, like you said, and be a basket case the entire time. And as a female, it's got to be a lot easier, you know, being close to your walk around. But guys don't understand. And I hate to say that and be like that, but I mean, no, I'm going to say that I'm going to be like that. They will never understand. There's nothing that they can do that. They're going to understand that, that water weight, you know, the not knowing period. Yeah. And the stress that you can literally be due for it and get it early because your body's stressed and you don't realize it. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know that struggle. They never will ever. Oh yeah. The worst one till this day was golden glove finals. It's an amateur boxer cutting weight to 112 and get my period. Oh, Oh, that was pure misery. I literally, um, as I have severe psoriasis, Mm. um, does affect my joints. My body does not do well in heat, but I was so desperate that I was forcing myself to vomit. I was starving myself and I went into a sauna. My coach was literally wrapping my hands and they looked like they were, they felt like, and they looked like they were rotting off the bone. The flesh was rotting off the bones. It was really, he can tell you if you would ever talk to him about this day, it was chunks missing. And I just had to grin and bear it and get through the fight. I luckily won, but it was, I, I never really tell anyone about that. Cause I don't want to seem like, Oh, feel sorry for me. This and that yeah. nope, did what I had to do. Yeah. But yeah, it was humiliating. Cause it's like, um, I was hoping no official or anything would see it. Cause it looked like uh, leprosy. Oh, wow. Leprosy. Wow. Well, yeah. Cause I could imagine, you know, you're losing so much water, you know, you're losing so much nutrients. How could that not happen? Um, and people don't realize how tough that is, you know, until they talk to a fighter and you hear about it or until you're friends with a fighter, you know, you see it, people don't realize how tough it actually is. Um, and I have such a great deal of respect for you guys because that's, you know, I've done, I've done fasting and it's like, you know, I can't imagine that. Yeah, it, it sucks. And you're not in the best of moods, especially if you really weight cut it, you hate everybody. Yeah. You hate everybody and you're just quiet in the corner and it's like, <sighs> you know, you see some people that they're more chatty when they're cutting weight. Cause they're trying to keep in good spirits. I get it. Mm. But if, if you go in their head, it's <laughs> not the same. No, like it does not translate. <laughs> no, it does not translate to happiness. It's just misery on the highest level. Yeah. I could imagine. I mean, again, I've done fasting and that's, hard in general and that's what one two days you know I actually did six days once but it was a uh a cleanse fast so like I was able to do this drink that you make it's a lemonade it's crazy but it was tough you know it was really really tough so I I cannot imagine I wanted to do my weight cut once but I'm like I can't right now afford to lose that weight I just gained it back if I lose that weight I'm gonna cry um even for five seconds I'll cry uh it, but it is it's really really tough and you know 
that's like you hear people criticizing fighters all the time for that kind of stuff. And it's like, they don't know. People don't really have a clue. Mm-hmm. You know, they really don't. And, and oh gosh, I'll be watching a fight with my friends and they get mad over the, you know, the referee's call. It's, you know, it's a, well, that was an early stoppage. And I'm like, mm, that fighter can fight another day. And, you know, they're not going to walk out of their hurt. So I kind of like, no, not really. <laughs> You don't know because they could have throbbing in their head and they're not even telling you and they're just yeah. trying to hide it, which happens a lot. Or they oh, could not even realize what's going on and there's some bleeding inside of the skull or something like that. Happens all the time. Look at what the guy um, who just passed away from bare knuckle fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just over the weekend and he died, what, six hours later from his injuries. I mean, that really happens. And people don't think it really does. And I said, that's, that's, you know, that's a referee problem in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, There are things that can be recognized where you got to then turn out, you know, tune out the corner, tune out the fighter, tune Mm -hmm. out the fans and say, this is my job. And his, you know, or her uh, safety is my number one concern. So for me, I would love to be a ref because I don't give a shit what people think. If I'm calling a fight, you're going to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's because of my respect for fighters. Right. Where I wouldn't give a shit with the, with the corner thought you, you fight, fight me later on. We'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And the audience is loud, but it's, it's just sound. Yeah, it is because you know what, they're not going to, they're not going to come home with you at night and sleep next to you at night where you actually have to sit with that decision and that, or that lack of a decision. And we see that a lot, you know, even in professional fights, that happens a lot. They're not going to be holding your hand in the hospital bed. No. And then you get a fighter like Nick Diaz that calls his own fight and, and ends his own fight in the middle of it, which I respected that. And people were so mad. And I'm like, dude, he, he could fight again in a couple months instead of having to take another nine months off. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to see Nick I Diaz. Think so much too, yeah. What? He was taking way too much damage also. because Yeah, there was no reason for him to continue. He would have gotten exponentially hurt, in my personal opinion, and would have had to take a lengthy amount of time off where now he'll have to take less time off. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I want to see that guy fight again. I don't want to say, I mean, what, it was 10 years since he fought the, you know, the last time. So I mean, he didn't look bad for that long layoff time. Hmm? For such a long layoff time, he really didn't look so bad. He looked great for that long of way off. I was blown away. And, you know, again, I, I don't want to see him take so much time off. So I was glad that he stopped the fight. He was definitely taking a ton of debt. But you know what? Till that, he looked really good. Yeah. You know, he looked great physically. His boxing was, you know, it was obviously, you could see it was a little slower than normal. But, like, he's a slow starter anyway. So I don't know. I was yeah. just so excited to see him back. And that was a great fight card in general. Yeah, I can relate to being a slow starter because I tend to be a slow starter. So a lot of fighters are. A lot of fighters are. And I feel like a lot of fighters need to take a hit or two and like kind of, you know, get in that fight. I see that. And it's funny because I laugh when I'm like watching. I'm like, oh, yeah, take a punch in the face or two. That would get, I would get me angry, too. I'm like, Let's go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's that composure that's really the uh, the key. And even when you get hit, it's like not having a reaction, but seeing, oh, I'm leaving that spot open. Damn. Yeah. And correcting it and recognizing it and hearing your corner, you know, because there are people that watch a fight and you can see they're not listening to their corner. It's so many things go into it, you know, and, and, and at once. And even like this, you try, you know, you want to get the fight. You want to be able to fight in either November and you would say December, right? Either one of those you would. Right. I would, I would love to have the two of them, honestly. But I will, I will take it as it comes. 
I think I would have a better chance getting someone uh, December 17th on CFFC's show from what I'm feeling, the vibe I'm getting. Because uh, this show, they already put out, we're having a hard time finding someone. Oh, so. yeah. Whatever's meant to be, you know, it'll end up happening for you. CFC, CF, they're both great shows. CES, they're both great. They're both fantastic platforms. But I'm here. I'm ready to fight. I have the momentum now. Because I know, I, I know we, we did this on the first take where I have the go from my body and mind that I'm ready to get this done. Yeah. And you might as well while you're on while you're on that up and you have the 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 momentum behind you and the excitement you might as well do it now yeah because i know the time is going to come where it will take a couple of months and my body is going to give me the go ahead of hey i, I kind of need a minute yeah and i'm also working on a being a certified massage therapist in new york city i also want to do jersey um also getting to be a licensed acupuncturist too. And then I want to go into uh, holistic nursing. Oh, that is awesome. And that is actually going to be sorely needed uh, sooner than later. You know, it's good people, that's, that's a very, very smart thing to do because people don't realize, and we talked about this, that most of the stuff that you get is you're, you're made sick and then you need to spend more money on getting better uh, and medicines and all that stuff when a lot of stuff could be helped with natural stuff, uh, acupuncture, natural mm-hmm. medicines. I was actually going to say for your psoriasis, have you ever, um, have you ever read about uh, chaga mushrooms? No, I have not. Look them up. They are um, amazing. I started drinking chaga mushroom tea like two years ago. I don't really get sick. I did have, uh, I don't know if it was psoriasis or eczema. I'm not really sure. I used to get it on the back of my leg and I, I always thought it was poison ivy that just like never went away. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, it was a patch of something. And then I started drinking the chaga tea. My cousin was like, you should drink it. It's a blood detoxifier. It's like, uh, it's got so many good properties to it. I'm like, all right. So I read into it. I'm like, oh, well, it can't be bad, you know? And, uh, I ended up getting like a really big patch of it on the top of my foot in between two of my toes, which is so uncomfortable. It was horrible. Yeah. Oh, for two weeks. And my dad's like, you need to go see your doctor. Maybe it's from the drink. And I'm like, I'm really sure it's not, but I'll let's, I'll do that. Fine. So I go to my doctor and she's like, I don't know what chaga mushrooms are. I'm like, well, look them up. And she's like, how don't I know what these are? I'm like, no doctors know what they are. They're listed on Sloan Kettering as a tumor shrinker and an uh, aid in cancer cure. Hmm. But no doctors know about them because they can't make money off of it. So it yeah. pushed the eczema out of me and I haven't had it since. I really have to take you up on that because um, I'm just coming out of a, a flare up that I had last week. It was really bad. It reached the pentacle. So where if you had seen my face, chunks of it were, was coming off and uh, my ear looked like it was falling off of my head. The chunks were literally coming off. It was everywhere. I looked like I had leprosy or chicken pox. It, so you can still see some remnants of it yeah. here. It's yeah. tough. People don't know how hard that is to deal with. It is. And it's, it's hard when you're training and you really can't give anyone anything. It's, it's genetic. Because both my parents have skin issues. So, um, you know, you combine, then you get. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, people do think that it's contagious. And that's such a. Ugh, 
you it's know, hard people- for everyone that you roll with, you have to give the speech where you cannot get this. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are, do not, you know, you haven't given me your genes. I haven't given you my contagious disease. Yeah. It's, it's a skin condition. And most people are, are good, but with the thing of COVID and everything, it's, you can't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I don't take it personally. I just, it sucks because I, I do have the tendency with psoriatic arthritis mm. and it does affect my joints when it can flare up. So I have to be so mindful of that. There's another thing you should look into, um, hyaluronic acid. A lot of people it's all over for, for skin. A lot of people take, um, get it topically. This is very good for your skin because it's a skin hydrator, but people don't realize it's also a joint lubricator. If you ingest it, Mm. it is extremely good for you. I used to take it in a pill form and then I found it in a liquid form. I think it was by a company NeoCell. I could be wrong on the name. I have it in my kitchen. Um, and I take a shot of it a day and mm. I have really bad joints and stuff from my accidents that I was in. So everything that I do might be good for you. All the stuff that I've been taking, cause it works. Yeah. I'm very curious about the mushrooms because the, you're going to be blown away. has been the past two fights. There's a flare up. I'm telling you they're even though it's a mushroom, they're antifungal, antimicrobial, uh, antipathogen, antioxidant. Um, they, oh gosh, so many freaking things that they're considered an anti-ager as well because mm. of all the properties that they have. They're full of minerals, full of vitamins. This it's just like a miracle thing. Um, shocking what that can help you with. Yeah. I told them the whole, the, when the COVID hit, I'm like, everybody needs to be drinking chaga tea. <laughs> it doesn't trip you out either. It's got no psilocybin in it. So, or whatever the other kind is, it's just a, just a medicine, medicinal mushroom. Right. Oh yeah. Because especially, um, I have other friends that are just trained jujitsu and their competitors, they struggle with psoriasis or eczema. And when it gets on your scalp, man, it's really horrible, especially if you have dark hair, mm. it's like the snow is falling and the snake is shedding. <laughs> it is. And it, it, and it's, especially for women, it's not just uncomfortable. Yes, it is. And people don't realize that. So I'm going to definitely send you as much in, in information as I can. I get mine from, uh, it's Adirondack Chaga. It's ADK. It's upstate. Um, mm. I get it from them and I get like what, two pounds for like 30 bucks. It's not bad. And it's a weird thing because they come, they're really hard mm-hmm. and you boil them down in a, uh, in water and then you like let them, I guess you simmer them for and steep them for a couple hours and then you dry them out and you can reuse them like three times. So the amount of medicine that's in these things is, it's just insane. So that two pounds will last you so long. Mm. Cool. It's crazy. Yeah. I definitely want to take you up on that because, um, my partner was even going, can you see a dermatologist? Can you? And I went, no, because I've been to a dermatologist since I was a little kid. It does not. I've had it since I was three. It does nothing. Yeah. They're either going to do three things. Give you some tropical steroid cream. Yep. Inject you with some shit that's only going to work for yep. a little bit. And it's going to come back worse. Or three, put you on an antibiotic. None of those things work. Absolutely. 
And then people don't realize that. No, you, you definitely, you chaga mushrooms. I'm, I would be shocked if they didn't work and it'll take a little while for it to get out of your system because mm-hmm. it has to, you know, detoxify your body. And then once it is like, you're not going to get any flare ups. Yeah. I definitely want to take you up on that. And I, want- I haven't had one, not mm-hmm. one flare up in two years, which is crazy. That is nice. I would love that. <laughs> it's, it's been really good. And like, I try to get everybody to drink it. Like everybody that I talk to, I'm like, chaga, chaga, you got to drink this shit. I drink it all day long. I put it in my water. So I have like a shot of chaga in my water. And then I put uh, a shot of frankincense water in there too, because that's really good for your stomach. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing I'm trying to educate myself more on gut health. Frankincense water. Look that up. Uh, they, they drink that in a lot of countries, uh, especially in the Middle East, uh, and they don't get stomach cancers. Hmm. It's wild. I, when I, I can't remember, I thought it was like probably five years ago that I heard about that. And I don't remember exactly how, but I was dating a guy who had a really bad stomach. Maybe I was just researching a lot of stuff that would help him. And that's how I heard about it. But I've been drinking it ever since then. And I love it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to take you up on that. Thank you. It's all the homie. I'm always open to new anything, right? Like that's the thing people don't realize whatever's going to help, you know, even if it scares you at first, like I was told I'll never be able to train again. Uh, Mm. two years ago, the last time I saw my surgeon for my shoulders, he's like, you're not going to be able to do, you know, training again. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, when my coach was like, you know, you really should try starting to train something again, because you need to be in shape. And I'm like, yeah, I was told I can't. He's like, they have to tell you that. He's like, your yeah. doctor has to tell you that for liability purposes. I'm like, mm-hmm. Are you sure. And now I can like lift and shit. I couldn't, I, I was in such bad shape. And now I'm like, I feel like I did like when I was 30. Hmm, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this thing, they need to keep you in this little bubble of fear not only to not get sued, but in a way where, no, you have to take this medication that's going to fuck you up more so we can make money. Yep. It's so true. And that's why more fighters, you guys need to speak out out because you guys know so much more than most people about, you know, health in general um, and and getting over fears and all that stuff. You know, that's (laughs) through this whole thing would be really good to talk to people because people don't get it. You know, people don't realize that fighters are just, I tell people all the time, like fighters are, everybody, they're like everybody else. They're people. <laughs> yeah. Just like, just get well, you gotta be a little gone to do it. <laughs> yeah. You just get punched in the face more. That's all. Yeah, that's it. And it's just like you, you deal with things where you're completely uncomfortable and it sucks. And there are moments where it's like, fuck, I'm tired. I don't want to be doing this right now. <laughs> Oh yeah. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Exactly. Very much so, you know, hiring, but I love that it's a merit-based system. Yeah. Oh man. I love when you're in a flow with striking, especially jujitsu too, but that one's different where it's like, dun, 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 dun. It's like, it's, it's cool. Cause you don't have in that moment, you don't have that fear that I'm miscalculating and this person's going to punch me in the face. I can feel the intention of this person wants to knock my head off, but I want them to hit me. Cause I want to be able to feel where they're leaving the openings. It takes a while. I get movement-esque, but it, it doesn't last long. 
Well, it takes a lot and it takes a lot to get there. A lot of pride. I mean, people think that like, you know, you become a fighter in five seconds and it's like, no, it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication, you know, even getting jujitsu going from white belt to blue belt. People don't realize how much work it takes. And that's why people, I think, get into it. And you see a lot of people don't last, if that makes any sense. Give up. Maybe it's a lack of work ethic or, or maybe just a lack of motivation. Cause I couldn't be any more motivated. I'm like, give me another strap. <laughs> I want to go up to a blue belt. I, I feel you. I honestly have been purple belt since 2016. Mm. I have had it for a long time. And in that time I have all my stripes too. So I've had all my stripes at least for almost three years at this point. Oh, wow. It's hard because uh, I originally came from Marcelo's and during the pandemic, I shifted to unity and unity is known to take a long time to promote that happened. and I knew that switching, but I needed to do what was right for me in my career. Going back to the situation where, mm, what did you have to reassess? I had to reassess what worked for me with my grappling and unity was the best fit. I, I will always be grateful to Marcellos for what they taught me and being my base and my rock for years, but I needed to move on because um, I didn't feel the support, especially being an MMA fighter, working my ass off to get into the UFC. I didn't feel that. So yeah. I needed that support and unity does not treat me differently because I can have more MMA energy, mm. even though they're pure jujitsu and I appreciate them for that. I also got offered my brown belt after this fight by Andrew and I was so grateful, but I knew I made that commitment to transitioning to unity. So Mm -hmm. I respected their decision and I'm still purple belt. So, yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. Andrew's awesome. And it's funny because I love watching a fighter get, uh, you know, a belt promotion after a fight that like gets me so excited. Yeah. It's hard because then you have the whole, I don't even want to call it politics. It's more your morals and how you, how you perceive yourself. I don't know how to say it because of course I want my brown belt, but I really want to do it under the person that I chose to be my teacher with jujitsu. And Andrew is my teacher also, but in a different way. Yeah. He's the guide when I need to put everything together, him and Zach. They're the, they're the ones that they glue everything together and they're both excellent grapplers mm. and, you know, strikers. And they both have their way of molding everything together and putting the two of them in that same space with my strength and conditioning coach, Alex, it's a perfect fit. That's why I love my corner. That's awesome. I love my corner. It's the first corner I've ever had too, where everybody works together. Nobody tries to take the lead. You don't have to deal with the massive ego, the insecurity of, oh, this one is doing my job. This one's getting paid more than me. I'm not getting paid this. I'm not getting any attention. Nope. It's perfectly balanced. Everybody is set. Nobody complains. And if they have an issue or they're noticing something, they're going to say it right away. I don't have to worry about uh, issues or disputes. And that's huge. That's not what you need to be worrying about. Mm-hmm. You need to be worrying about your fight. And winning it. Yeah. It took a long time to find them too. <laughs> Cause it can be a lot of drama, you know, it's, 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 and you don't need that. No fighter needs that. Yeah. I've had to deal with the situation of a coach trying to dominate everything mm. and undermine the others. 
when they're there for a reason, they're not just there like for, for, uh, for show. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's important. It's true. And now we were talking before you had mentioned about the UFC. Uh, Very exciting. I I can't imagine you not wanting to end up there, especially, you know, the flyaway division is so stacked. It's stacked and more prospects are coming in and so exciting. And I knocked myself back by having those three losses and to two that are now in the UFC. Hmm. And in those fights, I mentally was not there. And that is my fault. And that's my fault in allowing to myself to think I'm not worthy of, uh, of having the right people in my life. Hmm. And that takes time. You have to get knocked on your ass till you get it yet. You get yeah. it yet. <laughs> it's true. And it might have to, you might have to get knocked down more than once and knocked on your ass to get it, you know? Oh yeah. Like this, you might uh, get those rematches in the UFC with those girls. Yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt it. If, I wouldn't doubt it. If I keep on working my ass off, I would love to. I mean, they could use more talent in any, any of their divisions and you know, that they're always signing new girls. I can't not see you ending up there or in Invicta and moving over to there because both of them have fantastic, they're both great promotions. Um, so it would be a good elevation for you, you know, and actually that's actually would be perfect. Invicta is one of the organizations that you can fight in other ones. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is nice. They give you like, I think they get open contracts, right? Yeah, they do. From what I know. They do. They have it's a, And she's Shannon's awesome. But I think that, uh, I think it would be really, really great to see you uh, in the UFC uh, in that beautiful octagon where you want to fight next in either November, December, January, because you're planning on possibly taking a little time off or your body might want you to take a little time off before uh, or after the new year. Right. I'm sensing that time would be February because um, that's my birthday month and I'm turning 30. So I want to kind of get everything done. I'm also working to be certified with functional patterns and I really want to understand their system. I appreciate it so much, especially they've gotten me out of the low back pain I was dealing with because I was also a yoga teacher and I'll be honest, it wasn't enough because I was still suffering from immense lower back pain and working with FP for six months now, it's gone. It's not perfect but it's gone in comparison. And I was dealing with lordosis too. So that from all the back bends, not good. That's amazing though. And you're getting certified, which is even better. Yeah. I'm on literally step one, which is going over the 10 week course till I really have an understanding of it. Cause you know, you can watch the videos, but it's like, did you understand it? Mm. I go back to certain parts and it's like, no, <laughs> But you know what, that's anything like anything that's new is going to take you a little while to get it. But you seem like you're doing a lot of stuff, getting certified in a, in a bunch of things. You're doing acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Um, Not yet. I have to go through the massage program first and then graduate that, get the cert- certification for that, have the associates. Then it would be the uh, acupuncture program, which is another, from what I've heard, three years. And then I would transition to the holistic nursing and get the bachelor's there. And it's all through the same school. Yep. Because they have, I know they have one of those similar, probably not with the nursing in um, 
Sayaset, the new school of whatever, where they have the massage and the acupuncture and everything. It's like a right. te technical school for people that do hair. You know, you could go in there and do, you know, hair or skincare and then end up doing, you know, uh, medical skincare and getting into the more medical end of it. That's actually what I might end up doing sooner or later, uh, transitioning into medical skincare. Nice. That would be a good fit for you because you already seem to have quite a assortment of knowledge, especially with the mushrooms. I yeah. didn't know about them. Yeah, there's so much stuff that most people, um, and again, it's just over the years of talking to other people. My cousin is, um, he was heavily into, or is into yoga. I don't know if he's a, you know, he's very like high up in the teaching. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but he goes to Costa Rica all the time. Mm. Um, and he was the one that taught me about chaga mushrooms. He's always taught me about so much stuff, but yeah, I, th I think it would be a good transition. Um, more so honestly for me than anything, I like, I'm not the person that's ever going to go into the needle. And I know so many people and, you know, the industry that do. So for me, I'd rather do anything I can that's natural and not, you know, fuck with surgeries and stuff. Cause that's yeah. the best thing to do. No, it's not worth it. If you really don't have to go under the knife, please don't go over the knife. Right? Yeah. Collectively, I'm like, why? Yeah. And there are some people that right away, it's, I think I need surgery. It's like, wait, <laughs> wait. Oh yeah. That's like the last thing I want to do. Like I literally am like researching what I can do for my hips instead mm -hmm. of surgery. And they do have a lot of weird treatments like stem cell treatments and plasma treatments and there was a couple things that I saw that I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try that. Like cold fusion things, um, right. anything at that point, I don't want to do surgery. I don't respond well to it. And I know that. And that's at least at the very least, I know how my body responds to surgeries. Not good. It takes a long time for me to recover and to get back into the shape that I was. So it's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. You're putting your body through more trauma too. Yeah. Because you get more scar tissue from the surgery than you had from the injury. Mm -hmm. And then you yeah. have to go, and some people have to get the scar tissue removed and it takes forever. It's, it's just a ragged. I agree with that. And, and, and acupuncture can help immensely with injuries, whereas you might not need a surgery. Yeah. And understanding, I guess the best word for it, the anatomy of Eastern mm. medicine is different from Western medicine. Like there are acupoints here where it's like large intestine 14. Argentine 11 here. So it's like, where is it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, there's something to be said um, with Eastern medicine. A lot of people are so hung up on um, medicine over here. And I like, keep telling people a lot of it is just band-aids because it doesn't fix the problem ever. And there's a reason, um, you know, you get like, uh, I watched a video the other day and they were saying about dogs that like lick themselves a lot or shake their heads a lot. Um, and, you know, the doctor will give you like a topical ear thing or something for their skin, when in reality, it could be a parasite or a bacteria. And if you give them the right probiotic, no problems anymore. Hmm. But we're so hung up on going to the vet and getting that, you know, oh, nope, we got to get that medication. We got to get that topical. I mean, we got to do this. And I mean, there's a place for everything, right. but there also might be another way to get rid of it and not just band-aid it and really get rid of the problem. That's the thing that's interesting too. Western medicine and Eastern medicine are both extremes. Yes. And now the, the founder of functional patterns has stated this as well. You need a mediator. Mm. Something needs to meet in the middle because they're both extremes. And that's reflective of human beings 
it's so easy to be an extremist. Yeah. It's so easy. If you have no discipline, so easy. Absolutely. Balance and tuning into the boredom as functional pattern says mm. is really fucking hard, but that's the stuff that's going to get you far. It's because it's not easy that it will be worthwhile. Think the easy stuff is the stuff that is boring in that respect. Yeah. For me, you know, for me, it is, it's a little, it could get a little monotonous, easy things. I like a challenge. I like Mm -hmm. working hard. Right. You know, I love learning. So it's, it's, I definitely, you know, can understand that. Um, And yeah, I guess you got to get comfortable with it. You know, cause there are times where you're gonna be bored. Not everything's going to like, you know, be exciting and fun. And, you know, you're not going to, like you said, sometimes you're not going to want to go, you know, go train or finish training and you, know, you just yeah. got to do it. Oh yeah. There are days where I feel like hell and it's like, no, you need to do this. But also there's a line of understanding the recovery pattern and it's like, okay, do I need to take it back right now? Yes. And that's the tricky part too, because it's, amazing to work so hard and to be disciplined in that way. But there's also a line of taking it too far where you overwork yourself and then you have burnout and then you go through this whole spiral of like, Oh my God, I'm a... that's true. You're like a car that goes off the tracks and you're just swirling and it takes forever to get back on the tracks. So it's like, all right, all right, close and turn. Yeah. Think of there's that extreme driver. But there comes that extreme, right? Cause it's like, you get, you get so wound up. <clears throat> it's so true. And, you know, I, I was talking to um, a friend of mine the other day about like the medical extremes. And I, I was like, you know, in a perfect world, we would have, um, did you ever see Black Panther? I saw pieces of Black Panther. Okay. The, uh, this, I guess the guy was in the CIA. I, I don't know if it was Topher, whatever his last name is, the actor, I'm not sure, um, where he got shot in the back. Mm-hmm. And they took him to Wakanda and put him in like, um, it was, he woke up on like a weird board, but it was a bed and like the thing changed shape and all this stuff. And he couldn't understand how his, the bullet wound was healed. And he mm-hmm. said to the girl, he said, you know, this, this couldn't have been healed in hours. And she said, not by Western medicine. He said, what did you do? And they science and medicine or technology and medicine, mm-hmm. so they both meet. And you could take those extremes and come in the middle. Uh, it was a way of not having to um, do surgeries and stuff like that with uh, with using knives. You could do it through pinpointing um, injuries or pinpointing a bullet wound, so to speak. And I don't understand the whole concept or the whole uh, engineering behind it, but that's something that I think would be a good wave of the future. The bottom line is efficiency. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Well, it's like training and fighting too. You can look explosive and crazy. Sometimes, and I noticed in the beginning, it's usually male. You have these people that are explosive. They look so great in the beginning of the fight. They're fast starters. Oh my God, he came out. They either burn out because they deal with someone that's calm and calculated and that's the worst for them. And it's like, finish the guy faster or faster balls all over the place just to look fancy it's true it's when you see them looking like a Tekken game when they're like all over the place mm-hmm. 
It's so true. It's so true. And Gabby, we are running out a little bit of time. Uh, I wanted to one ask you, is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't get out there um, about your fight that you want to get coming up in November or December? Uh, Thanking your training partners, coaches. Oh, I I will. It's definitely thanking my training partners and coaches. Definitely. Um, to my functional patterns practitioner slash strength and conditioning coach, Alexander Lambert. You are amazing at what you fucking do. I love you, dude. And, um, you know, always appreciate you always learning from you. My MMA coaches, uh, Andrew Calandrelli in North Haven, Connecticut, and Zach Makovsky at Finishers MMA around Allentown, Pennsylvania. Always grateful for them and their input their intelligence, their expertise, they give me real perspective. And it's like, uh, you're leaning towards this tendency or that's a problem. And I really love it. Zach corrected two things for me yesterday that I never really assessed. And now I'm trying to wire that into my game and I'm going, oh man, that would have made my life so much easier months ago. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah. And my training partners through all those gyms, including, um, the other gyms that I work with, like obviously unity, St. John um, Muay Thai Gym in Astoria, Bucktown MMA in uh, Newark, uh, New Jersey. I'm always thankful for everybody I come in contact with because I tend to be fortunate enough to deal with amazing people who are driven and passionate, and it just inspires me to be better. That's amazing. That's more than half the battle, and we cannot wait to see you back in the cage and kicking ass. Is Where can people find you on social media? I am ubiquitous. No, um, my uh, Instagram is Gabby, G-A-B-B-E-E, G-Daddy, G-D-A-D-D-Y, and it's all together. Amazing, amazing. I will be sending this to you, and I thank you so much for taking a second time of your <laughs> evening on a Friday night to speak with me, um, and I look forward to seeing you at a fight soon, and if you want to take that road trip, you let me know. Yeah, for sure. I will be expecting a hug in person because I am a hugger. So yeah, me too. I people are like, "Wow, you love to hug." I'm like, "Love, it's my favorite." I love oh, emotion hugging is the best. I cannot wait to see you. It'll be yeah, so great. It'll be amazing, and I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. Same. Thank you for having me again, Carrie. No, thank you for taking the time of doing this again after the debacle of not being able to save the other one. Um, and I will send you information on the chaga mushrooms. Awesome. I, I look forward to trying them because uh, anytime with a uh, Tweedledee over here. <laughs> you. Oh, and if you ever want to come train out here with John and I in Long Island, let me know. Yeah, for sure. I, I have a couple of people that I have to visit in Long Island and mosey my ass over. <laughs> you are more than welcome to come train with us. I, I don't care about that. I know all about eczema and shit. You don't have to worry about me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Have a wonderful weekend, Gabby. You too, Carrie. Thank you.